Welcome to episode 119 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm here with my co-host, Rudy. How are you doing this week? Hey, Tim. I'm doing well. Everything good, man. You know, it reminds me of this weekend. I took a trip to Tennessee for literally one day. It reminds me of when we went to watch um, Colin in, uh, what was it, in Virginia? It was like so similar. It was like, get up one day, take a flight, oh. spend what, one night there, come right back. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah, a yeah. whirlwind weekend, you know? But man, I forgot <laughs> how quick you can get to... Uh, Virginia and you know DC area and stuff on a plane. It's like, man, that was a quick flight. So, so yeah, it was cool. It's a fun weekend. Two flights though. I've never done a layover until this weekend. That was the first time. So, well, you say one day. So you're flying in that morning, and what? You're flying out the next morning or that night? No, you know what? It was slightly longer. It was uh, Friday. Friday afternoon, I arrived. I went to a wedding on Saturday, and then I left super early Sunday morning. So a okay. little longer, but it also was further distance too, right? So it bounces out yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It was in Tennessee, so. Okay. But yeah, it reminded me of that because we flew to uh, DC first before a layover. Yeah. It's like a 45 minute flight or something. I was like, geez, it's crazy. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. been uh, awfully sick. And it's been like three days Sucks. of this. It was like the whole weekend. I was just getting worse and worse. And now it's like I'm the height of it. And I just took a whole bunch of medicine. And I'm feeling very like. I'm okay right now, but I'm just completely out of it. So I'm very curious. Like, what's weird this episode? There's so many big things that happen, and uh, even just games coming out or about to come out. And so I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do like a review wrap up of all the stuff coming out, and then you have the Xbox being official of like owning Activision, and I wanted to talk on a bunch, but I'm just so completely out of it. So mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be very weird. Uh, for me, but there's a lot I want to say, even though I may not know the last two words that came out of my mouth as I'm saying them. So there's there's <laughs> gotcha. that. Yeah. If you don't got anything more, let's get into this because there was yeah. a lot of big things. Uh, Spider-Man sure. is about to release. That's the biggest of them all. I'm excited. But I figured I would hit all of the highs here. It's about what we have. Forza Motorsport over on the Xbox side, over on Xbox and Switch, Cocoon. And then once you get into multi-platform, you have Sonic Superstars and you have Lords of the Fallen, everything but Switch on that one. And then another one, everything but Switch, is that Assassin's Creed Mirage came out. Yes. And then PlayStation specifically and only Marvel Spider-Man 2. So I wanted to go over the metacritics of them hit a few of the uh, different reviews of their little snips of like the synopsis of the reviews sure let's start with forza motorsport now you're not even really much of a racing guy right unless it's like yeah, maybe like much. an arcade thing right fun here or there but nothing mm-hmm. taken too seriously right i've been playing racing games i want to say I think the first I got into and why I'm even into the genre was somewhere around the original Xbox with it was Project Gotham Racing and it was the Sega GT 2001. And those two games I used to just play a ton on my Xbox, which later led into going back to playing Gran Turismo 2 and then on PS2 a ton with Gran Turismo 3, Gran Turismo 4 and the Dirt series and it all sort of spirals from there but I've always been into racing games and weirdly even though we get a lot of let's say racing games overall none of them have really been that series of racers outside of Grand Turismo 7 in a very long time. The last Forza Motorsport we had was 7, and that came out 2017. So we've had quite a gap here. Like, we've had, like, dirt games and stuff, which are fun, but they're... I'm very much a track guy. Weirdly, if you think, like, Mario Kart of just trying to learn a track a whole bunch and trying to get a really tight... Uh, time score at the end and really try to perfect the run and that's how i always enjoy racing so anyway force motorsport came out again game pass is helping me out a lot with all these releases because cocoon as well dropped game pass and that's a big one for me but 
I easily keep getting my money's worth for Game Pass uh, awesome. to where I, I want to say I beat at least 10 games uh, a year out of this service, which would cost me what, let's say 60, 70 bucks a piece kind of range. Yeah. It'd be a lot of money, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So Forza Motorsport, Metacritic, it hit a 85. Twinfinite gave it a hundred. Now awesome. I'm trying to hit um a lot of the same reviewer stuff and reviewers that i like so when it comes to any of these games skipping ahead a bit twinfinite's one that's going to show up a lot ign's going to show up a lot dual shockers is going to show up a lot game informer and then i want to say like Eurogamer and easy allies kind of up in there as well and games radar ones that um i'm not throwing any random one just because it shows a hundred kind of situation and you'll see even the later reviews uh hundreds pop up as well from what i seem to be considered as a really good credible source so anyway twinfinite 100 where so many games make me feel like i'm left wanting forza motorsport left me feeling excited for the future sure they'll continue to add cars tracks and races to its existing title but seeing where we are now compared to where I thought was the top was nearly a decade ago leaves me feeling hopeful that as technology continues to press forward, Forza Motorsport will always be right there pushing it. Which is a good way to say how I've been feeling. I didn't know what to expect because I'm like, we kind of already had everything we thought we ever wanted. And it's like, well, how much further can you really go? But right. when I'm playing this Forza Motorsport... I really am feeling like, wow, somehow they just did much better than I was ever expecting kind of feeling yeah. there. But IGN gave it a 90. Although it may lack personality, Forza Motorsport is one of the most technically impressive games in existence. The handling and generosity of this iteration makes it the best car game around. Now, high praise. the lack personality thing, I can kind of get and get behind. So like Gran mean, Turismo 7 feels very like a fancy club like when you're playing mm. that game it feels very like it's menus and it's the way the music ambience is and gotcha uh going to like the cafe or learn the history on the cars so it's a really cool neat uh sort of like elegance to it all right so that isn't really there with uh forza motorsport the new one here but when you're actually playing the game it seems to excel, to me at least, far more than Gran Turismo ever did. Like, Gran Turismo still, as you're racing, still feels like something we've done a million times over, with nothing new feeling in the actual gameplay. Where this is feeling incredibly next level. Wow, I can really feel every, like, as I'm turning, I can tell with the vibration and the way the my stick movement or anything, like, if I need to slightly let off of any gas or brake or steer a little harder or softer, it, it's, it has such unique, great control than any racing I've felt prior. And um, awesome. it's really impressive. So That's what everyone says about those games, man. There's like high praise across the board, even people who don't play them. Yeah. <laughs> just, everyone has good things to say about them. So I so, can't really deny it. Dual Shockers 90 all said we're getting a lot of bang for your buck with Forza Motorsport as it stands. I just don't know how turn 10 can up the ante on the next one. 88 Game Informer Forza Horizon may not be the most in-depth career mode, but it exceeds nearly every aspect of the package exceptionally well. Though some of the progression and dynamic visual elements fall short of the realism of the rest of the title achieves, Forza Motorsport currently vibes for the pole position in the sim racer field. So... There's that, and it got 85 on Metacritic overall. I absolutely love it. I'm playing a lot of it, so there's that. Moving on here, Xbox and Switch, weirdly not PlayStation. So, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of par for the course for these creators. Well, these creators. So, Cocoon, remember, this is the one of Inside of Limbo. Oh. The other yes, guy, yes. right? So remember, this is a two. The other guy created what you play, Somerville. Somerville, yep. And then the other dude is Cocoon. So, I didn't know this game had come out. Yeah, it just dropped. Wow. So a few days ago here. Whenever you texted me like, hey, you know, be ready in 10 minutes. I was in the middle of playing this and I was like, oh. But thankfully, I got to a really good stopping point. But I'm about... I think I'm 45% 
It literally okay. tells you the percentage you're playing. Now, I don't know if that's complete, if there's some side stuff or anything, right. or if that's just it as a whole. But I could say I'm about halfway through. And uh, okay. I started playing this morning, so it's probably going to be like, what, you know, six to eight hour range. Like, yeah. like what, most of their games are probably even less than that, right? They're usually, I, some of them are shorter than others. Like, I think Inside might have been their longer game. That was only like three to four hours, maybe. Okay. Limbo was a little shorter than that. Um, so I would guess this has got to be two to five hours. That's just yeah. my guess. I've been playing three hours and I'm halfway, but oh, it says right there, yeah. four to five hours. Okay, easy okay. allies. Okay. okay, okay. Oh man, this looks cool. Ah, uh, dude, it's fun. You first of all, you would love it. It's Rudy yeah, asking right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Eurogamer gave it a hundred. It's a short game nice. and quite a painless one. Then but it feels dense, rich and imaginative, and the result of some sustainable curiosity for putting things together in new ways. Let me pause there. This game is so cool to me because as I'm playing, uh, I have three orbs at this point, right? But you get further and further along with the game, you may attain a new, new orb. Well, each orb has its own world inside of that orb, right? But whenever you obtain a second one, you can bring an orb inside of the other orbs world and unlock new pathways that will then connect the old world with the new world. And then once a third orb is in the mix, it's almost like it's not parallel worlds. It's almost like there's a world. It goes like inception. That's what it's like, where it's like a smaller world than a bigger than a bigger. You know what I'm saying? So if you watch the movie Inception, you know how they fall asleep and go inside of the sleep world, and then there could be a world on top of that. This sounds so in intriguing to me. It sounds really cool. Yeah, and I keep getting blown away by how neat the Inception layers start to become as you play, because you're like, ooh, wait, okay. I need to bring something like three layers deep into something in the <laughs> current bigger world that I was working in. But how exactly do I go about doing that? And it's that's awesome. Uh, feels very fresh and new because of that. There hasn't really been a game that's kind of done the inception in a game level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's super dope. All right. Very cool. Anyway, no, I'm definitely interested. Even at the time of adventure, five or six hours in cocoon was happy to introduce a new mechanic by which I mean, of course, it was happy to wirelessly teach it, complicate it, turn it inside out, and then twist it into something almost unimaginable. I'm sorry to be vague, but you need to see this for yourself. There are no easy words, but also seeing it, witnessing such clarity and ingenuity is where the pleasure lies. Very so cool. 90 IGN, Cocoon is one to remember. This puzzle adventure builds on ideas from Limbo and Inside and creates a mind-bending world-wrapping adventure unlike either of them. 90 Easy Allies in all, Cocoon lasts about four to five hours and it twists your brain up in knots the further you go. Despite its heady concepts, puzzle solutions never feel too frustrating or obscure and interacting with different objects feels tangible and tactical. It's mesmerizing from beginning to end, tightly crafted and wonderfully creative. If anything, the sustenant length just means that there's no excuse to let this one pass you by. Yeah, that's exactly what it is for me. <laughs> right? Um, and that's realistically why I even started it. I started it yeah. today because I was like, okay, I can just beat it in a few hours. Might as well play it and get it over right. with. And I'm really glad I did. I'm I'm oh man, this yeah. looks so cool. A hundred by Games Radar Plus. Not wow. to get too lofty, but you know how musicians' ears have been trained to pick up elements of music. I honestly feel like during the last stretch of Cocoon's puzzles, I knew what the game wanted from me and I followed. It's a silent language that you learn to translate. First of all, I'm figuring I'm finding this out. Now that I'm like ways in, I'm starting to be like, okay, th this is how you do this, as you do that, and it's pinging back and forth <laughs> really nicely, but it, awesome. it doesn't feel at all uh, repetitive or anything. It's it still does something different every time. It's like when you play, let's say Dark Souls, right? And you're like I know there's going to be a trap around this corner or an enemy popping around the left side or whatever, right? They still do it well, but you start to just learn and expect things to further get sure. into the game. And it's kind of how it is here. Even though it's technically skewed differently, you start to learn um, how to expect to handle the new thing. So Cocoon cuts out all the noise 
and the result is one of the best adventure games of 2023. I've learned to pick up Cocoon's silent harmonies, and they're beautiful. Uh, the music is also really good, and of course, Ooh, visuals. Okay. Like I don't know, I'm I'm so shocked by its I guess production values as well. It's awesome. It yeah, looks I'm definitely like, gonna play this. What's that game? Um, the VR one where you uh, are going through you play Thumper or something like oh, that. Oh, Thumper. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's like visual style of that game mixed with an inside and kind of mashed two in together is gotcha. the best way to describe how this game like gives off its visual flair. So, it's awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm all in. I'm glad we uh, talked about that because I'm definitely playing this now. <laughs> uh, I guess it just has a lot of Hollow Knight stuff because you are playing with like bugs. Uh-huh. Yep. And yep. It, yeah, yeah. And it looks like a good Steam Deck game, good portable game. Right? So. Yeah. 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 For sure. Now that's the thing is its visuals are real even though they're not like technically incredible textures or anything. Right. I don't right. know. I think you should play it on a TV because the way the colors pop and stuff and oh, how I'll definitely neat it it'll looks. definitely be something I kind of go back and forth on, yeah. you know. Kind of like I did with um some other similar games. But yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna play that now. It looks great. So and then going over to the PlayStation side of things being included into this Sonic Superstars, we have PC, Xbox, Switch and PlayStation Metacritic of 76. I also played a few hours of this. I like it, but these reviews hit on stuff that I definitely agree with. One of them being they're really pressing on the multiplayer being a thing. But like new Super Mario Bros where the multiplayer is a thing. Honestly, it's more aggravating than it is enjoyable. And you might as well just play it by yourself because there's so many like secrets and really cool uh, things you're trying to obtain when it comes to the platforming. But the very moment you have one other player in there, you're going to miss so much stuff. Gotcha. And uh, it makes the game worse playing it multiplayer, but they keep trying to press that. uh, The whole point of this game is to play multiplayer. And it's just, I don't know, it's weird. Anyway, so 80 at Games Radar plus Sonic Superstars is like a modern version of the Genesis Classic with all the good and bad that entails. The four player same screen co-op functionality works surprisingly well and the new Emerald powers keep things fresh. While it isn't as good as Sonic Mania, Superstars is a fresh twist on classic Sonic action. Now, me and my kid were having a ton of fun when it came to multiplayer, but I missed on so many secrets and I wanted to go back and just replay it myself. And once I was doing that to get what we missed, I was like, I'm actually liking this far more just playing it solo. Right. I guess if you didn't care about trying to get all the emeralds or trying to get all of these cool secrets, because the game's so good and fun at like when you find a secret, uh, the bonus levels that it throws your way. It's really fun and uh, really cool and totally worth not experiencing, but it's so hard to even attain any of them. If you got (laughs) two people uh, playing at once, I can't imagine four because that screen's going to be moving the entire time. You're going to be missing anything and everything. So it's it's really weird. But that's uh, sorry. I was just going to say that that's uh, what you just described. There is kind of what we'll talk about later. I'm sure what excites me about Mario Wonder. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes collectibles are done really well and other times they're done very poorly and (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like they always nail it. You know, it makes me want to just get everything. So, yes, yes. Uh, 70 for my GN. While the campaign is still enjoyable, Superstars multiplayer components are far worse options than anything in past Sonic games. Like digging emeralds out of the rough, Sonic Superstars new ideas end up feeling like a mix of both interesting and ill advised, making an amusing Sonic game, but not exactly a super one. A 60 from Push Square. We're a bit at odds with ourselves in Sonic Superstars. Fundamentally, it's a really enjoyable side-scrolling Sonic game, but the two big-ticket features, Chaos Emerald Powers and Co-op, are arguably the worst parts of it. I agree. While the Emerald abilities have their uses, Co-op just doesn't mesh well with this gameplay at all. We can absolutely recommend this as a solo experience, as there's a lot to like about the fresh art style, largely great soundtrack, and multi-layered level design. Throw in a friend or two, though, and it quickly gets messy. (laughs) <laughs> just like you said yeah but i will press you play this game solo it's a pretty good game like i don't want to say it's better than even like sonic 1 2 and 3 or mania but it'd be immediately after those it's it's still <laughs> cool and good uh, so anyway so there's right, that cool. 
Now, dropping off the Switch and going with PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, we have Lords of the Fallen, Metacritic of 76. This is one I've been wanting to play. Yeah, I've been curious too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. IGN gave it an 80. Lords of the Fallen is a great Souls-like. It's killer new idea, swapping between two versions of the world to solve puzzles and slay enemies. It's an excellent twist to set it apart from the pack. That concept is unforgivably hamstrung by numerous highly annoying technical issues and weak boss fights, but awesome explorable areas and fantastic build crafting more than make up for these shortcomings. If, like me, you're a sucker for quality action RPG even amid of clear overabundance of them, then this reboot is well worth your time. Uh, 80 from Twin Infinite. Sure, it may feel like the shadow of a much hotter and brighter bonfire, but the embers of something truly special burn here. 70 from Games Radar Plus. Lords of the Fallen just about justifies the return of this forgotten franchise by being basically fine. It has a few clever (laughs) ideas and a whole bunch of very predictable ones, ultimately resulting in a Souls-like experience that won't feel particularly new or fresh, but rarely offends or goes too far. Now, I've been playing Lies of P, and I've been really liking it. This seems to be in that same level of quality as that, so it seems like there's finally people making very quality Souls-like games that are getting very close to From Software, even though there's still going to be that difference in quality. Um, It seems like people are actually at least getting close to, which makes me happy because uh, if you look at even the last cycle of these games, they definitely weren't. When it comes to, I don't know, one that comes to mind, you know, the Mortal Shell, you know. It's like... Yep, yep. Or even uh, the other games that this company made, uh, the Surge One and Two, are supposed to be pretty good games. I've never yeah. played them, but um, this seems to be their best one they've done so far. Uh, so I want to play it, but again, it's I already got Liza P that I'm playing, and at least with that game, everything is really cool of like level design and character building and all that because all the Pinocchio stuff, and uh, I feel because of that, it's gonna have an edge over this Lords of Fallen. Right, right. It, it does. I mean, listen, the first one I did not think was a very good game. I played it for a bit, but uh, but this one does seem to have improved quite a bit. But I mean, I'm hearing such, such a mixed thing just from people, you know, just anecdotally, you know, yeah. people posting about it. Um, so I'm curious to give it a shot on my own sometime. I'll probably get it on sale or something at some point, you know. Exactly. And then PC, Xbox, PlayStation Realm is again. We have Assassin's Creed Mirage, Metacritic of 76. We got an 80 from GamesRadar Plus. Ubisoft has delivered exactly what is promised. Assassin's Creed Mirage is a compact, stealth-focused adventure that punishes anyone trying to go in loud, and it does so in a world that's always a delight to explore and be chased through. 70 from Per Square, and Assassin's Creed Mirage sets off in search of its roots, and it finds them, both for better and worse. Undeniably basic in its approach to stealth and combat, it feels oddly dated in terms of design, but it's also a refreshing reminder of the series' original strengths. Ultimately, it's a solid sandbox title, and it successfully scratches the hidden blade itch that was so clearly absent in Odyssey and Valhalla. And then an 80 from IGN, Assassin's Creed Mirage, back to basics approach, is a successful first step in returning to the stealthy style that launched this series. Now, this game, where were you at with? So, I, again, it's like a blind spot in my gaming career here i just haven't played assassin's creed games but just from what i see there's been a few that i'm like oh that looks really cool i actually want to play that like um odyssey looked cool to me black flag before that looked cool but a lot of the other ones just they look samey you know i could be wrong about that but that's just the vibe i get from an outsider looking at it you know so i don't know i don't really have much many thoughts on this one how about you how do you feel about this are you i mean the series as a whole is a very seven out of ten vibe of like you can find a lot of good things here but you know i'm never gonna say they're an amazing experience beginning to end you have to play them you know i'm never gonna do that with with any of them even their best ones it's always just like yeah it was good right right you know i feel they can be passed on to be honest yeah that's that's kind of what i've done you know i haven't really i don't know i just haven't had the urge to uh to play them now at this point you know i might eventually play one of those other ones but eh, right now it's like so many other good games yeah, that i'd it, rather be playing it'd be one thing if we were just starving we were dry, for something. yeah starving for games yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we're definitely not so no absolutely not 
And then last year, just PlayStation, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Metacritic 91. This was the highlight of all the releases here in terms of scores. 100 from GamesRadar Plus. Marvel Spider-Man 2 improves on its predecessor across the board while saluting the superhero genre over the last 30 years as a whole. With a captivating narrative and unrivaled spectacle, it's the quintessential superhero game in story and mechanical terms. 100 by Twinfinite. Marvel Spider-Man 2 is exactly what fans could have hoped for. It brings the trilogy of PlayStation's titles home perfectly and provides an experience any fan of the Spider-Man property will walk away from satisfied. Don't miss out on what could very well be one of the best games of the year and one of the Insomniac's best games to date. 90 from Easy Ally, Spider-Man 2 is an excellent sequel that smartly builds on the Saw Foundation in the previous installments. The web wings are a fun addition to traversal, while combat and stealth have been improved and refined with easier access to gadgets and the new web lines. Swapping between Peter and Miles is not only fun for gameplay variety, but features a convincing sense of individuality as they go off and do their own things. After a three-year wait, Insomniac has delivered a definitive Spider-Man yet again. 80 from Pro Square, Marvel Spider-Man 2 is a confident sequel that builds on the previous games in predictable every way possible. In practically every way possible. <laughs> Smart additions and refinements to traversal combat and open-world activities means this is the best body game from Insomniac yet. We do have some minor criticisms about the story, and the combat does become repetitive eventually, but this is an overall an absolute blast full of moments that will surprise and delight. And then last, an 80 from IGN, Marvel Spider-Man 2 delivers Insomniac's best tale yet, and despite its open worlds falling short, it's a relatively fun superhero power trip. Now, I have watched to video reviews but i just skimmed to the beginning and the end because i don't want to know a lot of details but when i was seeing bits about i was trying to find parts to where i was skimming of talking about the open world because my biggest gripe when it came to spider-man on ps4 was just the fact of all the extra like the crime fighting random stuff the the backpacks the uh, i i can't remember there's was there like four or five different things you're right. finding or right, interacting with but it's like same thing over and over and over and over again and then so i'm like i don't really enjoy this stuff let me just mainline it so i may just mainline this one because it looks to be all of that stuff being there and one or two more things added but still looking pretty mundane of just like, oh, find this thing on a map, right? And then you just try to find a bunch of them. And I'm not really a um, collectathon guy just for right. collecting sake, you know? Like, I'm trying to think of an example where I'd want to collect something and it felt meaningful in a game. Can you think of some, an example? Yeah, sure. I mean, honestly, the one I always think of is go back to, you know, in, in a lot of the Mario games, especially the 2D ones. It just feels oh, great getting those because you have to collect coins. those and then you unlock super uh right, like levels right. at the end that you wouldn't be able to access otherwise or or That's even cool. um yeah, yeah yeah or even super mario 3d world they took it to a new level not only did they do get a bunch of stamps and coins whatever you unlock these other worlds but then they took it to like a ridiculous level get every stamp every level uh, cross the finish line with every character and you unlock this ridiculously super hard three level world and yeah, i did that yeah. and it was totally worth it i was like this is amazing um, so yeah, so sometimes done right, great. Spider-Man, I felt like I was collecting stuff, uh, the 2018 one. I felt like I, at one point I was just collecting stuff just to do it. That's what I'm saying. I, I never got a good reward out of doing it. But I never even finished a single one of them, did you? I mean, when you finished one of them, um, what did you even get out of it? I can't, man, you know what I mean? It's been so long, I don't remember, honestly, but I remember <laughs> not feeling like it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Like it wasn't like a cool new world or something. So that's no, the thing. Like no. maybe they can do in these, even these open world games. Like maybe give you, um, I don't know, a new mode. Maybe give you a new, maybe this really unique sandbox to kind of play in that like goes into some like portal into this other dimension or something. Just, just something to give you a very interesting and of like why you'd want to collect 
you know, a hundred of these items throughout the world. Other than just to be like, oh, here you go. And what, maybe get a suit out of it. That's where I feel what would happen here. Even with Spider-Man 2, it doesn't seem like there's any like really cool unlock that is totally worth spending hours to work towards where, yeah. like you were saying with the Mario and stuff. But anyway, that's my biggest gripes with the games, but I can completely ignore all of that and still just play the game and just mainline it and still yeah, have a really good course. time. So I think that's what I'm going to do. But yeah. I'm happy to see, I guess, it doing... I was expecting more of like with the IGN's review of like eight out of 10 of like, yeah, this is really good, but it's still a lot of the same. But it seems to be a lot of people thinking it proved quite a bit. So I'm I'm quite curious on playing it myself on how big of a leap forward it is to the to the last. Yeah. And if along the way I end up getting interested in collecting some stuff, great. And if not, then, hey, I still have a from what it seems a, a really good game on my hands, you know, so. And I would also just like to experience the um, story side of Spider-Man of like what all like the main missions and villains and whatever, like plots and twists and turns that come along. Uh, I saw Mary Jane missions yet again. Oh, great. (laughs) And I was like, oh, God. But anyway. okay. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's the last of all that. And um, 91. Really good. Looks like a good one. Yeah. All right. I'll take this first one since we've talked about it so much. <laughs> so Microsoft has officially acquired Activision Blizzard for $69 billion after nearly two years. Man, I didn't realize it was that long. With core battles in the U.S., cloud gaming concerns in the U.K., massive document leaks, and more, the deal is complete. Microsoft has now acquired Activision Blizzard, the company behind franchises like Call of Duty, Overwatch, Diablo, World of Warcraft. Xbox released this video to celebrate its acquisition. Xbox head and Microsoft gaming CEO Phil Spencer says, I've long admired the work at Activision Blizzard and King and the impact they've had on gaming, entertainment, and pop culture, noting that some of his most memorable gaming moments happened in games Activision Blizzard and mobile giant King created. It is incredible to welcome such legendary teams to Xbox, he says. As one team, we'll learn, innovate, and continue to deliver on our promise to bring the joy and community of gaming to more people, he writes in an Xbox Wire post. We'll do this in a culture that strives to empower everyone to do their best work, where all people are welcome, and is centered on our ongoing commitment of gaming for everyone. We are intentional about inclusion in everything we do at Xbox. From our team to the products we make and the stories we tell to the way our players interact and engage as a wider gaming community. Microsoft Gaming CEO and Xbox heads Phil Spencer excuse me, said, together we'll create new worlds and stories, bring your favorite games to more places so more players can join in and we'll engage with and delight players in new innovative ways in the places they love to play, including mobile, cloud streaming, and more. Spencer says Xbox and Microsoft will continue to listen to player feedback and build a community where developers can do their best work. He also says that as promised, Xbox will continue to make more games available in more places that now begins by enabling cloud streaming providers and players to stream Activision Blizzard games in the European economic area, a commitment made to the European Commission. Today, we start the work to, br- to bring beloved Activision Blizzard and King franchises to Game Pass and other platforms. Still, still crazy to think about. He says Microsoft and Xbox will share more about what you can expect, to, when you can expect to play these games on Game Pass in the coming months. And finally, for the millions of fans who love Activision Blizzard and King Games, we want you to know that today is a good day to play. You are the heart and soul of the franchises, and we are honored to have you as part of our community. Whether you play on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, or mobile, you are welcome here, and will remain welcome, even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise. Because when everyone plays, we all win. We believe our news today will unlock a world of possibilities for more ways to play. Thank you for the ongoing support. We have so much more to come in the months ahead, and I'm excited for the future and cannot wait to share with you. Ubisoft will now be overseeing Activision Blizzard Cloud Game Streaming in the UK as part of the deal. All right, and here are the IPs that are now obtained through the Activision Blizzard King deal. I would say it's a little over 30. We got Call of Duty, Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, Gabriel Knight, Geometry Wars, Guitar Hero. Oh, speaking of Guitar Hero, uh, do you see, I want to say Bobby Kodak said something about Oh, it, someone did, yeah. Uh, I did coming see that. back or they're trying to figure out how to make it come back and all that, which I believe and actually hope for. The thing is, I just need it to be rock band style of having drums and having vocals for me to care. Like, I have to have those. I don't want to just do guitar. Um, we got Gun. Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Heavy Gear, Hexen, Heretic, Interstate 76, King's Quest, Laura Bow Mystery Series, The Lost Vikings, Overwatch, Plasma Morgora, I don't know how to say that, Pitfall, Police Quest, Prototype, 
Quest for Glory, Singularity, Ski Resort Tycoon, Skylanders, Soldier of Fortune, Space Quest, Spyro, Starcraft, SWAT. I used to play SWAT on PC way back. It was like one of my first memories of like a PC game. Mm-hmm. It's like SWAT 3 or 4. Anyway, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, True Crime, Ultimate Soccer Manager, Warcraft, and Warcraft, World of Warcraft. They split them because, you know, I get, I guess, one's an MMO, one's the actual Warcraft series of like the RTS series. And then Zork being that text adventure game that Zork. came out in the oh. like 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. I do remember that now. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure at first. But yeah, that's, man, that's anyway. a hell of an acquisition. Jeez. It's a lot of games. And there's probably more that they're not even mentioning there. Yeah. I would say Guitar Hero. Crash Bandicoot, Geometry Wars, King's Quest. I would love actually World of Warcraft to come to consoles and then just include it into the Game Pass sub. But at the same time, I mean, I slightly been in and out of Warcraft, but I never really got hooked. But um, I don't know. I feel I'd give it another shot if it was Game Pass. But I think that would just in general make a lot of people excited on like there's still millions playing that and i guarantee you well now you'd have millions playing on xbox because of that so that would be a huge thing that they should probably prioritize there and then uh tony hawk pro skater i want two things i want a three and four remake like we got one and two and then i want a new game for sure out of that so i would love that all right Next up, we got Unity CEO John, oh man, <laughs> Ricitiello resigns. Unity CEO has announced that he's retiring from the company effective immediately. News comes almost a month after the company announced its plan to introduce a controversial install fee for developers, which resulted in an industry-wide backlash. I mean, yeah, I had to see that one coming, right? So now the CEO is resigning after all that. First of all, so I guess it clearly wasn't his call. Right. Yeah, a lot of people were pressing so. him and then he leaves because he or like, I don't want to deal with this crap. And uh, I guess I guess he was I don't know. I'm curious on the story now of that. I read a lot into it, but nothing exactly saying why. And of course, he's like, I was happy right. to work with them for 15 years, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I need the nitty gritty on that one. Yeah, probably keeping it close to the vest. You know, <laughs> they're like, you can resign or we'll fire you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, man. Ubisoft indefinitely delays X Defiant preseason. Oh launch. no! So there was a story, and I actually believed it. It was something to do with like, oh, it's not coming, or it was like getting delayed due to some. What was it? Oh, it wasn't allowed on store listings like PlayStation, Xbox for some weird reason. But it has something to do with like licensing or something like that. And they were just like, oh, uh, it's just some weird um, behind the scenes little technical thing. It has nothing to do with the game itself's condition. I wish I could remember what it was. And I was just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I guess that should have been the sign right there of like, no, there's there was probably an actual serious problem with the game, which clearly there is because now they've delayed it indefinitely so ubisoft revealed that it's fast-paced fire fights meets punk rock mosh pits first person shooter tom clancy's x defiant in 2021 it's a free-to-play shooter that features factions from different ubisoft properties like splinter cell watchdogs the division and far cry we went hands-on with x defiant earlier this year and came away impressed with the shooter players enjoyed an open beta back in june and the full game was set to launch in the summer but now developer Ubisoft San Francisco has delayed its preseason launch indefinitely. The team announced wow. this on Twitter yesterday, revealing that the recent public test session was a success, but highlighted some inconsistencies in the game experience it wants to address before the preseason launch. As such, the preseason launch has been delayed to a later unspecified date. Surface some inconsistencies when people were playing with the beta and the game experience and that we need to address prior to launching. So we made the hard decision to delay. The team will continue working to address these issues and the testing them to make sure we deliver on our goal of being best in class arcade shooter. We will share more information about preseason testing as it comes. Thanks again for support. I wanna say 
if there was just little problems and they just wanted to clean things up here or there, I don't believe right. that's why they would delay it because <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, just like with that skull and bones crap, I think people oh, are finding God. actual game breaking bugs within it that are pretty catastrophic. And I, 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 that would be my hunch on why we're having Ubisoft with doing these indefinitely delay things. Right. Yeah, I, I it seems like something seriously is wrong with uh, with this game because so many big companies will just push it out up for at least a few patches and fix it later kind of deal. Now, unless they don't want to look like that sort of company, you want to make sure it's actually polished on release. But I don't believe that because Ubisoft has clearly done that plenty of times in the past before and after they have even delayed the skull and bones the million times that they've had. They've still clearly released games after the fact that still had yeah. mul multiple yep. problems. So yeah, I don't buy that. I think it's actually serious stuff. Yeah. yeah I, I, God, what a man. Like what happened to Ubisoft? Jesus. Yep. 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 And I can't even keep up anymore. It's skull and bones. What's the status? It's delayed indefinitely, kind of. The, so, oh my god! But okay. it got pushed like eight times. I want to yeah, say it's a ridiculous amount. Of time. I just yeah. couldn't remember because it's been so many times. But okay. Um, next up, Sony announces new slim PlayStation Five models with removable disc drives. Um, nearly three years after the initial launch of the PS Five, Sony has revealed a slimmer redesign. Um, both the disc model and the digital model will be updated but these two models aren't as different as they used to be. You will now be able to purchase a disk drive separately, allowing you to upgrade a digital model to a disk compatible version. Um, they'll both be available this November and will eventually replace the current models of the PS5 altogether. The new PS5 have been reducing volume by more than 30% and weight by 18% and 24% compared to the previous models. Um, it also mentions that new covers have different textures, which isn't immediately clear from the pictures. There are four separate cover panels with the top portion in glossy look while the bottom remains in matte. This raises questions about the compatibility of console shells. Sony currently sells that allow that, excuse me, that allow you to change the look of your console. Um, they don't address it in the announcement. The slim PS5 with a disc drive will still cost $499.99. The PS5 digital edition retails at $449.99, a $50 increase. Interesting. That's, hmm, that's not cool. If you do buy a newer digital version and decide to upgrade it to a disc version, the drive will cost you $79.99 in the US, $119.99 pounds in Europe, and 99.99 pounds in UK and uh, 11,980. What is it in Japan? Yen? Yen. In yeah. Japan. The total cost of a digital console and disk drive is a little more expensive than buying a disk drive version outright. The console will include a new horizontal stand to set the console on its side, and a vertical stand will be on sale for 29.99 USD. I kind of want the um the horizontal, or excuse me, yeah, the horizontal stand. That might be useful, maybe. But I feel like I don't even need it. It just kind of lays down, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually see that horizontal stand? It's pretty funny. It <laughs> you should like actually for real look it up. It's a tiny little I'll thing that kind of sticks on the opposite side. Like the, you know, if you were to like, it's vertical and then you lay it to the right and it would lay on the far right. That'd be oh, like yeah, a I see tiny it. little nub or something. That's funny. Yeah, this is very anyway weird looking. It's just pretty like mediocre stuff here. It's like nothing too bad or good outside of 50 bucks more for digital now so yeah there's that and then if you do want to buy the disk drive it's like 75 bucks so yeah if you buy digital you should really like make sure you're dedicated to never wanting it yeah. physical because yep. you're going to pay 50 bucks more and then you're going to end up turning around and spending another 75 now yeah. you're looking at like 125 more than what you would have spent um, a few months ago. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, there's not too much to really say on, on this. I don't think it looks like okay. It's a little, it's slimmer, so I'm sure it's lighter as well. The problem is, is I think the issue with the size is how big it is, like like vertically, right? Right. So right. like slimming it down, but it's still being the same height. It's still the same height, it seems, right? It I, it seems that way. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for sure. How do we? What's what's the uh, size proportions? PS5. Okay, so it's 390 millimeters um, on height of the original, and it's 358 height. So it's a little, it's a little shorter. Okay, uh, a little bit shorter. Okay, okay. okay. So yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on. 
PlayStation 5 Cloud Streaming arrives this month for premium users. So now you can basically um, stream PS5 games to your console instead of like download and install them before you play them. So if you have the highest tier of PlayStation 5s, like the premium of PlayStation Plus. So now you have the movies and now you have the cloud streaming. And I think this is basically the justifications even more of raising the price. So I don't know. Does this, let's say, do anything for you? It doesn't do anything for me. Nah, not real. Not for me, honestly. Um, Whatever. Yeah, whenever I'm streaming a game or playing a game, let's say I'm like, I don't know, I'm on the Xbox side and it'll give like a player stream option or whatever like that. I will use it to sort of like check a game out that I have no idea what it is and I'm a little curious and I don't feel like downloading it. I just kind of want to give it a go for a moment. And that's about it. So it like it gets used. I won't say it wouldn't, but it's it's like what? Two to three percent of the reason as a whole. I would uh, right. It's, it's not such a tiny little the small portion of it, honestly. It's not anything that I'm like, you know, running out to uh, be excited about. I wouldn't know? pay for a service because of this. The same with the movies. So like they're not really they're not convincing me that I should be a PlayStation Plus premium member, is what I'm saying. Now, the very moment they start throwing in, oh, here's 50 uh, new PlayStation classics and they're a bunch of awesome titles or something like that or start to like, you know, treat it more like how Nintendo releases their classics of like really putting some quality stuff out there. Then I'd stop start caring. But that's um, I think that's what would have to get me to subscribe to such a thing. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. For what me, what would get you really... to I mean, could they do anything? <laughs> Oh man, I I don't know. I don't know truly. I'd have to see it to know that I'm willing to do it, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I just I don't know. It just doesn't really interest me, you know? Yeah. I had PlayStation Plus and I think I've mentioned on a previous episode, but I stopped paying and I wanna say almost like twelve years straight for that. It's just always been a thing I've been subscribed to because claiming the games X, Y, and Z, but I think I'm like finally done paying for that. And do you pay for it? What for PlayStation Plus? Not yeah. anymore. Okay. No, nope. I dropped off on it a while ago. Yeah. So, so. I, I'm curious Whatever. what would get us back, but I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm only paying for Nintendo now because <laughs> I mean it's so cheap and it doesn't really affect me in any way. So. Okay. All right. Um. Next up, Hideki Kamiya uh, starts YouTube channel post Platinum Games. Says he's not retiring. Platinum Games co-founder Hideki Kamiya announced last month he was departing from the studio, having founded it in 2006 in Osaka, Japan, later working on games like Bayonetta and The Wonderful 101. He left his reason for leaving up in the air. Simply said, this came after a lot of consideration based on my own beliefs, and now that he feels that this outcome is for the best. Now, just a few weeks later, he has started a YouTube channel aptly called Hideki Kamiya Channel. In his first video, he reveals he's not retiring. In this video, we see him presumably leaving his office with a box of knickknacks and more in hand before leaving in a Lamborghini. First video, he talks about how he's currently unemployed, joking that people need to subscribe to his channel. Uh, video Games Chronicle reports that Camille says he actually hasn't been to work for a while. I think it's been about three months since I decided to quit. Once I decided to leave, I had to clean up all these toys and stuff like that. Once I finished cleaning, I was at home with my paid vacation. When discussing why he left, he says, there's no way I can put it. Leaving the reason why ambiguous. However, he goes on to say, I left the company because I wanted to follow my beliefs as a game creator to choose the path I think is right and move on. Yeah, so I'm not going to retire yet. I want to keep creating games. As for now, though, Camille says he can't work in games for a year due to reasons, <laughs> presumably non-compete clauses attached to his departure from Platinum Games. Um, Camille founded Platinum Games alongside Shinji Mikami, who is no longer there and departed from Tango. Tango Gameworks earlier this year. So I'm glad he's still making games because clearly he he's very good at what he does, you know? So Well, they're now both who founded Platinum, now free agents again. What if they just get back together and they're just like, well, let's just call it this now and do the same thing they did mm-hmm. with Platinum. Because um, clearly they were just having a bunch of disagreements with a lot of other people in the company, I'm imagining. It's, ex- it's how it's reading to me, at least. So I think that'd be kind of cool if they just went back together again and, uh, you know, or maybe it's best they just work independently and actually create what they truly want to create. So either right, way right. um seems like that's that's the true reason there is he's just 
wants to do what he wants to do kind of situation, which I'm never going to get upset at any creative for that. So, right. It's good. He doesn't, it's better than getting like creatively bankrupt and staying there. You know, maybe this is, uh, you know, maybe this will lead to something better. Who knows? You know? So we'll see. All right. Let's get into what we're watching, what we're playing. All right. Um, I just got a few real quick here. I'm playing theater rhythm, final bar line again, final, final. I wrote especially when i whenever i take trips i always uh play this game because it's just so quick and you can jump in do a few songs um i have i will say i have been keeping up with every dlc release though like it'll come out it's like i don't know a pack of four or five songs i'll play them that day and then i'll put it down again so i have been keeping up there's been all kinds of stuff there's there was a near pack there was a, a bravely default pack just came out that was awesome there was multiple saga packs um mana all this stuff it's it's really crazy the number of different um, franchises that they got in this game uh, with cool songs. So I had to keep it up with all that. And then I played, I sat down and I played through a whole series. I think it was Final Fantasy V, maybe. I counted up how many songs I have left to beat the whole game though. And I still have like a little bit over a hundred songs left. It's just wild how much content is in this game. But yeah, I just pick it up here and there, play five or six songs, put it down. So yeah, still been playing that. It's a great game, man. I can only imagine someone starting this game today, how much content you have. Yeah, It's wild. It's like unheard of. Cause I think they started off with 300 plus songs. And they've they've added like six DLC packs of five to four to five songs each, so we're talking about over three hundred, probably three fifty songs. It's crazy, man. So yeah, so that's a, a great game. I finished uh, Resident Evil Four Separate Ways, the DLC. Okay. Um, if you played the original, you know it's very similar. Obviously, it's just it looks better, it plays better. They made a little changes here and there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's really like a condensed Resident Evil Four. Honestly, you go through all the same things Leon goes through, but just quick spurts playing as Ada. You know, so that was cool. And then finally, I fired up Phantom Liberty, but it had been so long since I played Cyberpunk. So I'm like messing around with the controls. I don't remember how to play. I don't remember how to do this, how to do that. Um, so I messed around with it for like 30 minutes, just just toying around with the controls, looking at my missions. I can't even remember which missions are actual missions, which are like side things, which are like little gigs. Like I'm just kind of so lost. It's been so long, you know? So I was doing all that and, um, and I got the first mission of the DLC like started and then I, got, I had to go. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to to obviously jump into that. So okay. it looks great so far, man. You know, everything looks looks cool. Just gotta refamiliarize myself. I'm, it's been like three years since I played the game. Well, now, when you so. first start it, it gets you to like set up your skill tree again, right? It didn't have me do that actually. I think there's two options. I think you can do where you start from scratch and you you set up your skill tree and then fast forward to that part of the game, or you can do it where you pick up your save, which uh, is what okay. I did. Okay. So I think that's why it didn't do that for me. But I think you can do that. I mean, the very moment you open up your skill tree, if you haven't, do so. And I think you can go ahead and reset and then just mm. go with the new way because I'm sure it'll default and try to keep it similar. But it's so crazy different now that I'm curious how they how they would do it automatically for you because a lot of things don't even function the same way anymore. So anyway, I'm curious how that looks for like you returning back to your save because I did start over. So mm-hmm. Castlevania Nocturne, my favorite Castlevania, Rondora Blood, um, mm-hmm. second favorite being Symphony of the Night, and those two like back to back is such awesome experience I go to constantly throughout my whole life. And Richter being my favorite Castlevania character. So it's really, really cool that we're finally getting a show of what it's like, what? Richter, Vincent, maybe like Mega Man as like favorite characters of mine of all time. And I don't know. I'm just hyped that we're getting a show about Richter. And I was already having greatly high expectations because I absolutely loved the previous four seasons. It's not season five, but it's the way it ends looks to be bleeding it back into basically what would be a season five. If, if it were to keep going, it's kind of like, oh, let's explain a bunch of things about Richter and then pop him back into the plot. Kind of deals what's going on here. Gotcha. Castlevania, the series, it was going through Castlevania 3. And I want to say, lore-wise, it is like 3, Rondor or Blood and Symphony of the Night. I want to say it does actually like go in that order and like uh, in a story-wise. So it looks to be doing the same thing with the anime. Now... 
I don't know. You can tell there's improvements over the studio just in general because they've just had a little break there and things a little more updated. I thought at first the characters looked a little weird, but I don't know. By the second or third episode, I completely disagree with that notion and definitely like how they look more now. Looks even more like a cartoon than an anime or something like that with the way the characters look when you're first watching. It kind of threw me off a little, but... As a whole, though, I mean, the adultness of it is just as strong as some of, like, I think it stayed consistently really strong in that theme of, like, I remember my kid trying to watch it with me, and I kept, there was just too many things constantly where I'm just like, nah, you just got to leave. <laughs> just got to leave. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> it's getting way too rough here. I got you. So it's pretty balls to the wall and really, really cool. So um, I absolutely loved it. If I got to throw a number at it, I would have just straight, just like 10 out of 10. I don't know what I would expect more out of this thing. It did everything I wanted it to do and more. So, um, yeah, yeah, I got to check that out. And it ends in such a super cool fan servicey way to where, like, if you ever played Rondo or Blood, you would definitely appreciate the nods to it. So it it goes into how he even got his little headband. So. It's neat. Gotcha. That's that's interesting. Um, they really got a hit on their hands with this uh this franchise, you know. So that's awesome. Yep. Very cool. My mother-in-law got my son, got him uh Oculus Quest because it was a hundred bucks off Facebook Marketplace, Oculus Quest 2. And I was like, Yeah, you should totally do that. That's pretty insane. Cause they go for like four hundred now. Used or not, and then been messing around with it for the last week or two. And I just basically hook it up to my PC and why I wanted to mention it was not like I'm kind of whatever with the whole VR thing. Like I said, of like playing different VR games outside mm-hmm. of like Beat Saber, just that's always fun. But of course, what I've been doing that is really awesome and so much fun is just I'll put that on, lay in my bed and play like Cyberpunk or Starfield or whatever and just throw a gigantic screen in front of me and curve it to where like i kind of have to look to left and right and see things like front of me but make it where it's not too wide where i'm not have to turn too much because i think vrs it's at its best when you could be incredibly lazy with it and non-active and just get a visual experience from it instead of yeah that is really cool actually. experience so if you just make screen gigantic and put it in like an environment of like a galaxy setting or something like that i put it to where like when i'm playing cyberpunk put it in this like computer screen room thingy looks very high tech or something like that and it kind of goes with the theme of the game so it's not like distracting as a background put it as a huge carved thing and then now it feels like i'm playing like if i were to go to like a movie theater and throw the game up on a gigantic screen you know and so when i'm playing cyberpunk i can truly like appreciate all the fine detail when it comes to just a newspaper on a table or a can or whatever the case just seeing all the really really in-depth attention to detail and the same yeah. with Starfield. I'm getting like it's greatly enhanced both of these games a ton. I was expecting or scared before I started. I was expecting to like where it's like zoomed in a lot to where it would just look bad. Cause I was thinking like, okay, well I'm not maybe playing on the high settings as I could and if I had like right. a forty eighty or something. But honestly, yeah, I think it's making the graphics even look better than I imagine. And Somehow when I made it bigger, really zoomed in on every little thing, it still looks incredible, both games. And I'm getting such greatly enhanced just immersion into the world. And I'm just like, man, this is where VR is, is like just playing normalized games and just greatly immersing yourself in it. Like if it was flat, it doesn't immerse whatsoever. The very moment you add the curve and you have to look a little to the left and right or down or up just a slightly bit, now all of a sudden you're feeling like you're just actually up in that world. You just have to set it in a way to where you're not having to actually completely turn around to go talk to somebody behind you or something like that. And, uh, you know, just find, just work with what works for you. And, uh, Oculus Quest 2, I must say, like, so much more comfortable than what I had prior. What I had prior, it's like $800, but it was so just heavy and intense and just 
setup cable and all this mess and like I just throw on the headset grab the controllers and I don't have to do any setup or it feels really light and that alone just makes me want to hop back into it so yeah um, awesome and then so just playing a high-end game with that it's really really neat and I just connect wirelessly uh, to a PC and um, it's really up to my game on like enjoying these really immersive RPGs especially such high-end ones that we're currently getting that's, a, that's amazing uh, I, I the the wireless thing that's huge. yeah that invites me to much more likely to get it than not you know so yeah and the, the quest 3 is actually about to come. I think it just came out or it's about to in a few days is something like that so I don't know I just no one really talks about this side of VR mm-hmm. and in my opinion this is the best way to experience it yep I've been really enjoying that Forza Motorsport went into that just it's fantastic. Cocoon, same thing. I guess there's not really more to say on there. I mean, there's a lot I can talk on both, but I think after going over those review sick bits, people get the general idea. And anything more than that, especially Cocoon, would just ruin the experience because I didn't know what to expect when I started it of like, okay, um, I know it's going to be a puzzle game and it's in the vein of like a limbo or something, but outside of that, and, but I was completely blown away by every just new area I was entering into of just how it's for lack of a better term. It's just really sort of like trippy, unique environments that I've never seen a game do before. And just a lot of new yeah. fresh ideas, which, um, man, I commend anybody come up with new ideas nowadays for a video game because it's been going decades to where it's <laughs> it's like it's like writing a new song that you're not ripping from something in the past because what is there hundreds of thousands of riffs at this point from this track and that track and having to come up with something unique only gets harder as time goes on so it's always really cool when a uh, creative still finds new and interesting ways to show you know the player just brand new things they've never expected so yeah it's really I mean, fun that's, that's what i love about games like um like the witness or limbo or whatever you know yeah. so i'm definitely gonna play this game tonight and i'll have some thoughts on it so i'm gonna start it up all right it's um, very cool to now new game watch here it's gigantic i realized Whoa. a week got skipped whenever i did that ace episode and whenever we oh. said the games last it was the week prior to that so there's like the week of last week and this week. <laughs> so I'm just going to list it all, catch back up here. And it's just <clears throat> that time of the year to where a ton is coming out anyway. So actually, my voice is dying. <laughs> you so want me to do go it? and just hit through. There's a lot. <laughs> just go all through right. it all here. Here we go. So we got Salt Sea Chronicles, PS5, Switch, PC, October 12th. Lords of the Fallen, PS5, Xbox Series XS, PC, October 13th. SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shape, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, October 16th. Cyber Knights Flashpoint, PC, Max, Mac, Linux, <laughs> iOS, Android, October 17th. Mortal Kombat Onslaught, iOS and Android, October 17th. I'm ki- I, d- I didn't know that was a thing. Me neither. Uh, that's I had no idea about that, right. actually. Anyway, continue. Skull on. Island Rise of Khan, PS5, Xbox Series XS, PS4, Xbox One, Switch PC, October 17th. Sonic Superstars, uh, pretty much all platforms, October 17th. Wizard with a Gun, PS5, Xbox Series XS, PC, October 17th. Mike Mignola's Hellboy Web, Web of Word, I think. Um, all major platforms on that one. October 18th. Okay, wait. Slender the Arrival. That Mortal right. Kombat Onslaught is the worst yep. thing I've ever oh seen. Oh my God, I'm not even going to look. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you right now. Oh my God, that was Jeez. so embarrassingly bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Slender the Arrival. I actually played this back in the day. It was okay. Nothing great, but it was a little scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, October 18th. Endless Dungeon. It looks like that's all major platforms. October 19th, Galactic Civilizations. Four Supernova, uh, that's on PC, October nineteenth. Gangs of Sherwood, PS five, Xbox Series X and S, PC, October nineteenth. Gargoyles Remastered, um, Xbox Series X and S, PS four, Switch, PC, October nineteenth. Hot Wheels Unleashed Two, Turbo Charged, um, all major platforms, October nineteenth. 
Overpass 2, PS5, Xbox Series XS, PC, October 19th. These games are also October 19th, the next three. The seventh guest VR, PlayStation VR 2, Quest PC, The Gap, PS5, Xbox Series XS, PC, Jackbox, Party Pack 10. That's all major platforms. Then we got, oh, World of Horror is also on October 19th. PS5, PS4, Switch, PC. Um, and then finally, Marvel Spider-Man 2, PS5, October 20th. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Switch, October 20th. Very excited for those two. City Skylines 2, PC, October 24th. Just Dance 2024, PS5, Xbox Series XS, Switch, October 24th. Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Switch, and PC, October 24th. The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, PS5, PC, October 24th. Battle Cakes PC, October 26th. Dave the Diver on Switch, October 26th. Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Sword, PlayStation VR 2, Quest, October 26th. Ghost Runner 2, oh, I forgot those coming out. PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PC, October 26th. And finally, Minico's Night Market, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, October 26th. Well, a lot of games. So out of all of these, I'm going to say the highlights, whether for me personally or not, Ghost Runner 2, Dave the yep. Diver, Metagross Solid Master Collection, Sumara Wonder, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Jackbox Party Pack 10. It's been a long time. Maybe I should just hop on the latest. Those games are fun sometimes. Yeah. Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, it looks to be about yep. what I would care. Oh, Sonic Superstars. I am liking it. Um, I love it. That's it's, but it's a good one. So, okay. All right. Sounds All right. good. Well, uh, I want to give that game a try. I'll let you know what I think. Uh, which one? Uh, Cocoon. Oh, well, it's some you'll like. Uh, obvi- it's an obvious you'll like. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm already too deep in. It's fantastic. So, this is this is the one that you were probably hoping the uh, Somerville was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I have a feeling it will be. So, Let's all see right. How it goes. See you guys. All right, man. Later, guys.